0: Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall podcast. We have a special edition today. We're going to be getting an update on the Paul Manafort. I was going to say Paul Manafort trial, but it's the Paul Manafort quite, trials. Yeah. Uh, here with David Tainer. Hey, Josh, uh, my my co-host. Hey, how are you? Good. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Yesterday we saw these. Mugshots right. for the first time of Paul Manafort. A little grayer, maybe, than we've little seen. A little grayer, him. little, the hair a little, little wilder. That's right. Um, it's always a funny thing with mugshots. On the one hand. We also it's, got a Stormy Daniels one that was uh, a little bit more glamorous, I think you could say. Than, oh, I uh... didn't, you know, it's funny. I, I was, I was, I was doing. Uh, obviously, I did not plan my day right because I saw <laughs> the Paul Manafort mugshot and I did not see the yeah. Stormy Daniels mugshot. Mugshots are always sort of funny because on the one hand, uh, it's the great equalizer, um, and uh, when someone is very notorious, people, human nature, people take a certain pleasure seeing them uh, in a mugshot, but it's also a kind of a, it's a humiliation. Yeah. Um, and I mean, none of them are flattering, right? None of them are flattering, and it is a, it shows the power of the state right. when, when, when an individual gets into its clutches, and uh, even... Even when the person may deserve what is happening to them and right. have, have done bad things, it's still a a sobering reality. Uh, yeah, and it's out there for everyone to see. It's, it's not a private thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a funny thing. And I think that even when um, you know we can we can we can believe in the criminal justice system and 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 believe that people who, who commit certain crimes need to be punished. But it's all—it's all—it is always good to keep in mind what that means when the state takes power over someone's life and their body. Um, so, in any case, we saw that mugshot yesterday, and if you have been following our coverage of the Manafort trials on TPM or you know, any other news organization, you know that there's been this series of things in the last few days where he was, or I guess starting a couple weeks ago, he got sent to prison in rural Virginia. Then he seemed to be saying that he was, you know, in a in a being held under very bad circumstances and he wanted a trial delay. I thought it was that he he wanted to be moved to a different jail. Then he got approved to move to a different jail then he said oh never mind it's actually pretty good at the first jail right so i was like what's going on here this is like a bizarre s- series of things so we're going to have our colleague tierney sneed who is our lead russia reporter uh, down in our dc office come on and just kind of tell us what's going on yeah she's been covering the the both cases for kind of since the beginning yeah. of them so she yeah. she knows better than anyone else yeah and this is a case where you know i i haven't been that deep personally In these recent developments, so I'm just kind of curious to find out literally what is going on, because it's just this kind of bizarre series of things. And this is uh, another thing about this part of the case is that it's with the judge who seemed to be pretty sympathetic to Manafort and has had some rulings. Not rulings that went in Manafort's favor in a substantive sense, but where the judge kind of added some sort of you know color commentary about right. how he didn't really like <laughs> the special counsel right. and and President Trump was liking that and and uh, you know the anti deep state crowd was was into it. But now the judge seems to kind of lost patience yeah, exactly. with Paul. So we're going to find out what what the deal is with that with with Tierney. But before we do that. Let me give you a quick update on something important. Born in Brooklyn and brewed in the Bronx, Grady's is New York's favorite cold brew. We're talking about cold brew. Certainly our favorite favorite cold brew. Definitely our, uh, you know, long before Grady's became a sponsor, I lived on this stuff. It is the best stuff out there. And that's, that is like, that's like legit for me. It's, It's really that good. But you can, not, not, but to like, it's really that good. We're coming back to the ad. Let's just start the ad copy from the start here. Uh, Born in Brooklyn and brewed in the Bronx, Grady's is New York's favorite cold brew. But you can have it delivered to your door no matter where you live. Their cold brew kit includes everything you need to create smooth, velvety cold brew at home. All you have to do is add water. No French press, no mask, no baristas. You save money, too. You get 36 cups of gourmet cold brew for only 30 bucks. That's less than a buck a cup. And shipping's free. Ready to give it a squirrel? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Okay, so let's talk to uh, our colleague, Tierney Sneed. Tierney, how are you? I'm
1: great. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great. All right. So we got a lot of news today, and you have to—I guess you're going to head down to the Justice Department soon because Rod Rosenstein is going to have some kind of press conference or something?
1: Yeah, which could be, you know, an assortment of things, but I think I'm going to head down there for that.
0: So basically, by the time people hear this, they will either know— that that was like a total nothing burger, and it's it's about something that no one cares about, or... Or Jared Kushner has been in... Yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> who knows, okay. But, that's, but what we want to talk about today is you are our, our lead Russia reporter down in Washington, D.C., and our, our readers follow all of this stuff. But for the last couple weeks, we've been seeing this saga where first... Paul Manafort gets in trouble. The judge finally sends him to jail. Uh, He's got another judge who's like, at least was his best friend. Uh, He's over somewhere in rural Virginia. Then he wants to get out of jail and come to a new jail. The judge says, okay. And then he says, no. And then the next thing we know that like, we're seeing a mugshot of, of, of Paul Manafort. (laughs) So what has been going on with his, effort to get into a new facility and then saying, no, walk us through that. What's been going on?
1: Yeah. So what's kind of important to note here is that this didn't begin with him wanting to get into a new facility. This began because his attorneys asked last week, um, last Friday, um, to delay the case or delay the trial, excuse me, in Virginia, which is supposed to begin later this month. And the basis of this request, a big part of their argument was, well, he's since been put into to jail because of, you know, the, the D.C. judge um, put him there because of allegations of witness tampering. And it's just made it much harder for us to prepare. It takes us two hours to drive out there. He only he, Phone calls are hard. He only can talk on the phone for a certain period of time. Uh, and just this whole him being in jail has made it really hard for us to prepare. So we we need this trial to be moved back. And what the de- judge did, um, you know, pretty quickly actually, he said, okay, well, we'll just move them closer to Alexandria to, you know, the attorney's offices in DC and Alexandria so that, you know, can help with your problem with the preparation. It'll be much easier to get there. And of course, that's you know, <laughs> they weren't actually asking to to move jails. They wanted to delay the trial, and it turned into this sort of whiplash that they said, "Oh no, never mind, we're fine here. We don't need we don't need to be moved." And you know, a, a day later, when when Mueller filed his response uh, opposing the delay, we found out a little bit more why uh, Manafort wanted to probably stay in the rural jail, and that's because he's been. Receiving what he himself on a phone call called VIP treatment, um, and it turns out that you know preparing for trial, that the, the jail had done a lot to make it easier for him. That I think a lot of other people in that jail probably wouldn't get. Um, in terms of, he had his own phone in his cell. He had special workspace he had access to to prepare. Um, so, but the judge said in response to them asking him to stay. Nope, you're going to Alexandria. I'm confused by this. Alexandria is fine so, for okay. you. Okay,
0: so so basically, they're trying to delay the trial, and yeah. as part of their effort to delay the trial, they start saying, "Man, he's out in a rural prison, and he's it's he's in lockdown, and it's absolutely terrible." And the judge says, all right, I don't want to delay it. I'm just going to move you local. And so they get kind of trapped in their own argument, basically.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he did also schedule a a hearing on the delay request. But I think it was a a pretty good indication that this judge doesn't want to delay this trial and wants to instead solve his problem another way, a.k.a. moving him. So it was just kind of a thing that... uh, backfired on his lawyers because now the trial, I mean, we'll see, maybe the judge will surprise me and delay the trial after all. But if it's not, you know, now Manafort is also in a, a jail that he might be less comfortable in than, than he was in uh, rural Virginia.
0: Okay. So based, so so just for, for readers who don't know the local geography, Alexandria is right across the river from Washington, D.C. So he's sort of in the metro D.C. area now. Yes. What's the story? Is this like kind of the, the jail near the courthouse that people just kind of wait in while they're yeah, on trial, that um, kind of place? and it's
1: funny, and, they, and the judge's, you know, order, the second order, sort of doubling down, saying, nope, you're going to this Alexandria jail, you know, he kind of threw, I don't know if he was throwing shade or what, but he kind of said, you know, this is the jail that's had high profile spies and terrorists, it's good enough for you. <laughs> um, in good company, yeah. <laughs> So, so So, uh, you know, he wasn't buying this argument, you know, oh, never mind, we want to stay, you know, moving would be too upsetting to the the preparation. He said, no, this jail is good enough for you.
0: Okay. so now one thing, so as you mentioned, that there are two trials. There's a DC trial, and there's another trial in the Eastern District of Virginia, which is basically just kind of across the Potomac River, but two Mm -hmm. separate trials, two separate jurisdictions. And one thing that has been happening in this trial is that the judge in the Virginia trial is, does he have senior status? He's he's like a. He's... Uh,
1: I believe so. I believe he's definitely been there for a while, um, so but he he, uh, he definitely has kind of a, a reputation, if you will, you know, the reporters that I'm covering this right. with seem to right so know he, him well. so
0: he's a he's a uh, he's a Reagan appointee. He's been there for thirty plus years, and he's got this, I guess, reputation as being a bit of an eccentric. Uh, you know, runs his own runs his own operation the way he wants to run it, but he had had a number of. Uh, rulings where even though he didn't give Manafort what he wanted, he basically like sounded off like, yeah, this whole thing is bogus. He shouldn't, I don't like special counsel. Walk us through that. It seemed like he was kind of pretty sympathetic. When
1: when they they showed up for the first sort of major hearing, which um, full disclosure, I was not attending, but my colleague Caitlin McNeil was there and did a great report on it. He asked a bunch of really tough questions for Mueller. He seemed to be really skeptical of Mueller's authority. And, you know, Trump supporters, Manafort supporters walked away from that really optimistic that, oh, we've got an ally. We've got someone who's going to, you know, start ruling in our favor because the D.C. judge is very much sided with Mueller and almost all of the sort of pretrial issues there. Um, And then we see, you know, he put down his uh, release, his first major pretrial decision, and it was whether to throw out the case. And on one hand, he ruled against Manafort and said he was not going to throw out the case. But then for many, many pages, he sort of kind of commentated and opined on how this concept of a special counsel is bad and it's, you know, it's robbing people of their political accountability, you know, putting these unelected officials in charge of this, that they can go wild, that they can, you know, just kind of find crimes if they need to, um, and he, he even included a, a recommendation that we, we we handle this sort of issue with a bipartisan commission instead. So it's really sort of bizarre um, for him to, on the one hand, you know, rule in, in favor uh, of Mueller, but also spend a lot of time sort of railing on both the kind of concept of the special, special con- counsel and even some of Mueller's uh, specific tactics um, in this case.
0: Right. And these are this is this is an argument that was made a lot with the independent counsel law, because the independent counsel really was, you know, it, it it there were some theoretical ways where it kind of was subject to the justice department, but basically it had no oversight. You had one one prosecutor who kind of got a brief and can do whatever he wanted. Very different from the special counsel. In any case, now, and just to explain for us, so this, and this is Judge Ellis, I believe. From what you understand, aside from maybe being a little eccentric and temperamental, he didn't have a reputation as being some sort of like hardcore partisan or something like that. No, no.
1: I mean, what I've kind of heard is that he likes attention, he likes to crack up the the courthouse. He's always making jokes and little asides um, in the, his hearings. Um, I think he I think he probably you know doesn't mind seeing his name and headlines for saying sort of you know things that surprise people and, and attract attention. Um, but you know I think at the the end of the day you know when he when he got down to his decision on throwing out the case when he kind of distilled all the sort of extra commentary on the special counsel and just kind of went down to the actual nuts and bones of the decision. It was really straightforward and, you know, you know, strip away the other stuff. And it was pretty easy to follow why he got where he got. But I think he kind of just, you know, he likes to put out his sort of views on things, whether
0: appropriately or not. Got it. Now, okay, so so then you had this thing with the jail and and the, the moving the jail and everything. It sounds like the tenor of the decisions, which were kind of sympathetic, that maybe Manafort miscalculated here and got the judge to to get, you know, to lose patience with him. Am I am I overreading that? Has it seemed like that the judge kinda yeah, got pissed and I off?
1: I think, you know, when I covered the last hearing, the first half of it, he was kind of staying sort of true to form in terms of being you know, kind of chit-chatty and, and uh, you know, jokey and whatnot and kind of wanting to opine on things. And the second half, you know, we'd been there for a while. Things were starting to drag on. I think his, his patients did sort of snap in that case too. And, you know, what they were fighting about in, in that case was, uh, or that hearing, was uh Manafort's desire to have a hearing on the media leaks and, and, and Ellis said, you know, I'm not gonna throw away this case on media leaks, so you need to figure out something else to ask. So I think his <laughs> his patience was being tried even before this whole jail issue. And uh yeah, and I think now is you know, we saw it in that sort of order doubling down when he had a footnote, just calling them out for being kind of confusing in this whiplash of right. you know, complaining about the jail but then asking that they that they're not being moved from from the jail after all,
0: right? That right, he's right. losing patience. Got it. Okay. So, and to look forward, let's walk us through the. the, the I guess they're still they still going to have a hearing. There's still a possibility the this the Virginia trial will be delayed, but walk us through the schedule over the next few months for these two trials. As of, you know, yeah, as of right yeah, so now.
1: we have um, a hearing. I believe it's next week. That they have a few other sort of pretrial issues they need to figure out in virginia another request that manafort made in addition to delaying the trial was moving it changing venue moving it to a different courthouse um again he's kind of arguing here that the media environment here is prejudicial to manafort um and he went he suggested moving it to roanoke so that's one other big um outlying unresolved issue, but I'm, I'm sort of skeptical that the judge would grant him that request. So assuming that we kind of get through all of that without any major changes to the schedule, the the trial in Virginia will begin at the end of July. Um, and the the prosecutors have asked for at first they asked for two weeks to make their case um at at a recent hearing they they told the judge we might actually need three weeks and he did not like that idea he said two weeks was long enough you know find a way to make it two weeks so we'll see how long it it lasts but it could be very easily a a three week maybe four week ordeal um, depending on how long the defense takes as well um and then once we wrap up that you know presumably by mid-august a month later, in mid-September, the D.C. Uh, trial will begin. Um, September 17th, I I begin is I believe is the beginning date of that trial, and we've been kind of moving along more more steadily with the with the pre-trial issues in that case. Um, that case obviously was has been a, kind of percolating for a little bit longer because. Those charges were first brought last in last October, so that's so, sort of where we're going here.
0: So basically, uh, a couple we in a couple weeks, assuming nothing changes, we're going to start with a trial, the Virginia trial that will run for a few weeks, and and like pretty soon after that, we're going to be into the D.C. trial. So it sounds like we're looking at eight or ten weeks, maybe of of. Of Manafort trials coming up relatively, mm-hmm. relatively soon.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, we might we might have a little bit of a break between the Virginia and the DC trial, but that's basically kind of where we're where we're heading.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. And the, and the Virginia yeah. and the Virginia trial is the one that is very logistically challenging, right? You have to rent a, a hotel room. Yes, to judge, yes, basically... yes.
1: So um, you know, for our listeners, to be aware. You know, why they might not get as many uh, quick updates from us as we'd like. Uh, you're required to surrender your cell phone and your uh, computer and all other electronics to enter the Virginia courthouse. Um, there's really no way to sort of get messages outside the courthouse beyond a, a payphone that I will be trying to make use of. Um, but for the most part, anytime I want to, you know, file a new update on the case, I'm going to have to, have to physically leave the the courthouse and so the current plan is we have a hotel room um, nearby where I can keep my computer and file and whatnot. But it is gonna be somewhat of a logistical nightmare. And in the in the D C case, in the in the D C courthouse reporters if they have a press pass are allowed to bring their computer and cell phones into the actual courthouse. They have to turn those off when they're in the courtroom, but at least it's fairly easy to just leave the courtroom and turn your phone on and, and whatnot, you know, whereas Basically, having to leave the courthouse in Virginia is going to be a giant pain.
0: Yeah, so it's this, and I think David Kurtz was telling me that that in the in the shorter hearings that we've been doing, sort of on a you know one by one basis, there's like a, a like a, a deli or a bodega across the street. Everybody <laughs> leaves their all the reporters yeah, leave their yeah, phones pay there. Yeah, like You two
1: dollars per item, uh, and they they just store it for you at this little bodega across the street.
0: We got you know maybe after this trial's done, we have to ch- look into. The Judge Ellis and see if there's some like, some, some kickbacks <laughs> to the local hotel industry or right. bodega industry. Yeah, right? Yeah, we, all right. So we can talk about, talk about that later. Tierney Sneed, thank you so much. Great update. And, and so I guess we, we, you are off to what, by the time people hear this, people will know was either a totally inconsequential press conference or uh, uh, Jared Kushner's already been sent <laughs> to Guantanamo and the story's moving as <laughs> quickly. Yeah, one of the two. One
1: yeah. of the two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Tierney Sneed. Appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. Okay, great. Well, listen, I, I didn't. I mean, I'm not sure if it came up in the in the if you could sense it in the interview, David. But I actually didn't. I thought he had actually just like, dude, I want a new jail. I want. I want. A, I want. <laughs> right. a, I want a better place. I didn't realize that they sort of got. They, they got caught, they got trapped right. in their own argument right, and kind yeah. of got, and sort of screwed themselves yeah, like, over. I don't think it came up in our conversation, but he's been able to even send emails because he has a laptop in the jail that's not connected to the internet. It gets sort of shuffled in and out through his lawyers or whatever, right, and then right, connected right. to the internet and sent off. So it's like, he's sort of still doing his thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, it, it's a it's a funny thing because, you know, the way the way that pre-trial... Uh, uh, you know, incarceration works is, and it's very important. You're not there to be punished. You're you're there because I, I think the only, I think the only rationales for pre-trial incarceration are either that you are a flight risk, right. which Manafort is a flight risk, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, or you are a danger to the community. Um, and clearly, he's not a danger to the community in the sense that he's going to like be like knocking off drug stores or something like right. that. But that is why he is there, because he was committing crimes, right. basically. And even though they're they not... Want, yeah, they want to stop him from... Doing uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too much to ask. <laughs> right. Um, so, but you... It's it's a funny thing, because most people who are getting pretrial incarceration uh, who can't make bail, man, they don't get a laptop. They certainly don't right. get their own phone and right. stuff like that. But... Uh, that doesn't the the issues are still you're there for those specific reasons right so there's no it's it's not like he deserves not to be able to you know have very good communication with his lawyers yeah, and stuff exactly. like that but he's he's clearly getting a a, a better a better setup then, right, he described it himself as VIP treatment, as right, Tyranny was mentioning. Right, exactly. So, so, okay, so that, but that was the place out in Virginia, exactly. out in rural not Virginia. Not the new jail, yeah. The new jail sounds like it's not as nice, uh, but he still gets, you know, he 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 is getting a bunch of things to facilitate him communicating with his lawyers, which, again, there is there's nothing. Inherently wrong with because he hasn't been convicted of anything. Right. But it's also worth remembering that it sounds like he's got a much cushier setup than probably virtually anybody else who's being held, uh, you know, while awaiting trial in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, so anyway, I learned something. Hope you did too. And we will be back next week with another edition of the josh marshall podcast don't forget uh we are the josh marshall podcast is sponsored by grady's cold brew Ice coffee which is totally awesome ready to give it a swirl get 20 percent off your first order at grady's cold that's grady's cold with promo code tpm thanks david Talk to thanks you josh week.
1: bye